Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Archers, your favorite gayler and queer Taylor Swift podcast. I'm one half of your podcast hosts. My name is Katie, and Madison is currently in a tropical location, more tropical than usual, because typically she's in the Southwest United States, which is a tropical compared to the blizzards of New England, where I am. Um, but today she's in a very special tropical location and is unavailable to record. So for our final episode of Mart, I have invited a gayler, very, very close to my heart. Arguably the gayler closest to my heart because she's the person in general closest to my heart. The most requested guest besides Taylor herself, my wife, Lizzie Golden. Lizzie, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. You are? I am. Good. Yeah. I, I, was, I wasn't sure we'd be able to do it tonight because I was a little tired, mm-hmm. but you really pumped me up. <sighs> Would you say that I'm good at that? Yeah, definitely. You're a great hype girl. Hype girl. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I long to be. Yes, I was teasing a little bit at the beginning when I said that you're our most requested guest after Taylor herself. Um, I don't know if that's really a tease. I would say maybe, if anything, Jack Antonoff might <laughs> be the request for you. But overall, I would say that you are the enigma. You are the woman behind the other woman, me. <laughs> You're the girl behind the woman. <laughs> the, um, the kind of, like, essence behind how I do everything. Mm. The spirit that is fueling the archers at all times because you are the spirit that is fueling me at all times. And I talk about you constantly. So I think that you are so enigmatic and brought up so frequently that it is about time that you join us, uh, join me in particular, in talking about Taylor publicly. That's very sweet. Thank you. Yeah. I think our love is the spirit behind why we are both so such diehard gayers. That is true. And I mean, I feel like there's only so many times that I can bring it up in the podcast because at every turn, if I talk about my relationship with Taylor and how I began getting into Taylor, it's all through that gayler lens. And to me, like there is no gaylerism without our gay love. Mm-hmm. And, like, who we are as the Goldens. Our golden love. Our golden love. It really feels like it prophesized uh, Taylor's music Mm. and that we were kind of always going to intersect. Like, Mm -hmm. us and Taylor, Mm -hmm. somehow we're always going to intersect. Like, it does feel faded, right? I'm not putting words into your mouth. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's so many times when we listen to a song and we're like, that describes... Our relationship. Yeah. So we got together. We were best friends since 2009, 2010. Yeah. I, I would say best friends Wait. since 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the we summer met of 2010. In... 2009. Yeah. Yeah, when 2008, you were... 2008. 2008. Yeah, I think so. Oh my God. Because I was 16. Yeah, and I was 17. Oh no, 2009. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And who cares? A long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. We were like good, good friends, you know, had all the compet. Yeah. But we've been together together in a 
romantic way. <laughs> so, well, as lover BFFs, you would say? <laughs> yes, you I might would. say. <laughs> I might say. Since 2015. Mm-hmm. So seven years in heaven. Seven mm. years in heaven. And I remember in 2017, when we were both Taylor haters. <sighs> Regrettably. Regrettably. <laughs> And understandably. Yeah, no, I'm just kind of kidding when I say that. I know. Yeah. 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 I do regret it, but I also have a lot of empathy for, for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if we hadn't been in that place then, it wouldn't feel so exciting to be in the place we're in now. You can't, you can't be mad at anything. No. In your past. You know, that's an absurd blanket statement. <laughs> But I mean, uh, just between when we're talking about our own lives, friends. (laughs) Oh no, we shouldn't have watched Drag Race right right before before this. this. (laughs) We should not. We should not have. Um, That's okay. Renaissance will love this. First of all, Renaissance. Renaissance. Hi, Renaissance. (laughs) We know you're listening. Renaissance, number one fan of our marriage. Yeah, they love us. So sweet. Yes, they're so sweet, and also they're little Drag Race buddy. In fact, so just last night they were saying, uh, I'm going to move to Boston so I can watch Drag Race in real time with you and Lizzie. <laughs> Did you say we don't live in Boston? <laughs> because Sunny lives in Boston. Oh, yeah. So yeah, Renaissance yeah. and Sunny will live together and we'll be in the same time oh, zone. That's really nice. Yeah, it is okay. really nice. I was like, we used to live in Boston. <laughs> know, yes. They're a little behind. <laughs> yes. No, we'll be in the same time zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of Drag Race talk. <laughs> Con- like congratulations a podcast for this <laughs> exactly it is um oh gracie girl this is our little cat gracie sorry for people that are only <laughs> listening if you join the patreon you'll get great me and lizzie and our cat videos mm-hmm. um yeah we have some little matching accessories so yes yes for those watching on the patreon we are wearing matching rifle branded headwear so i have a headband and my beautiful wife is wearing her the bow. <laughs> I feel like I'm on QVC. <laughs> and this is a beautiful bow. It was probably only what, like eighteen dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> rifle, oh my god, rifle. Enough. She is also wearing this beautiful pink sweater from Target. And yes, I do have the matching one if you've ever thought you've seen me in it. Uh, However, I am a little too warm for that sweater right now. Anyhow, so join the Patreon if you want to see us in our matching accessories. And so I'm wearing blue, she's wearing pink. She's sitting in a blue chair. I'm sitting in a pink chair. It's all very... Very nice. Rose Quartz and Serenity for any of our little Pantone girls. That's right. Girls is a gender neutral Yes, term. girls gender neutral. <laughs> if you're a Pantone girl, gender neutral, then you'll know. Rose Quartz and Serenity, a great year. Yeah, it was a really good Was one. it 2015? I think it was 2016. Okay, yeah. A bad year. Oh. But a great That's year for... true. I was like, for why? <laughs> Oh, 2016, bad year. Uh, for Pantone's color, good year. It really prepared us mentally for living through a hellscape. That's right. Amazing. I can't believe I'm doing this. A forced Pantone color of the year recap for our listeners. This is not what they want, but I do have to see it to the end. 2016. Uh, Your encyclopedic knowledge of Pantone's yes, color of the year. Yes. 
Unmatched. Thank you so much. Uh, yes. 2014, of course, Radiant Orchid. That was a landmark year for me. never forget that year. Never. I, for all of you who don't know, 2014, a landmark year for me. I bought a Radiant Orchid dress. I bought the Radiant Orchid Sephora set. I was in Radiant Orchid head to toe 24-7, and I was also the year I was hospitalized. So a very exciting <laughs> year for me. Do you think those two things have any correlation? Oh, yes. <laughs> what I was going to say in 2017 is when we were still Taylor haters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when Reputation came out, it was so, like, we were really mm-hmm. thinking it was so cringy, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on Maine, but I really thought that all of Look What You Made Me Do was about Kanye. Yeah. And I was so mad at her for that. Yes. I'm really glad. Uh, yes. And I now I'm like, okay, maybe like one line out of 30. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I go into that in depth with the episode that as of this recording hasn't been out yet, mm-hmm. but when listeners will hear it, it'll have come out with um, The Lavender Menace. Yeah. Because yeah, that's the main reason why I had like, why I did not like Taylor was because of... <sighs> Her, like, kind of weaponization of her, like, white womanhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so in 2017, we were very much living in that relationship with Taylor. But through it, do you remember hearing Dress for the first time? Like, vaguely. Yeah, like, it didn't super stick with you? No. Right. I think Delicate, the sea remix, stuck with me mm. much more. Yes. That, like, but I feel like maybe we discovered that a little later. Not that much no, later. No, because we were together. We, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, because 2017 was yeah. when the album came out. So we That's had been together Reputation for two years. came out? Yes. That's wild. I know. <laughs> yes. I frequently have yes. to, like, recalibrate my timeline I... for her albums. Yes. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but I don't really remember dress at the time. Right. I think I, so I was about to say, like, I think I do. But I think what I'm thinking of is, um. Clothes on the floor from 1989. You know, I had like a picture oh, of like yes, her sexy like era and clothes on the floor. Yes. Like, there's a lot of clothes in 1989. Yes. So I think that's what's like in my mind when I think about that. Like, thinking like because we also really loved a lot of 1989. Yes, we, I always yes. put that in my mind as when you lived with me and my family. But that's not when 1989 came out. No. It's so funny. I have all these like implanted memories of us listening to Taylor. I've derailed you again from the 2017. So, I think I'm just like, I don't want to think about hearing, look what you made me do and being so angry. Not that I don't want to think about it because I have like a loyalty to Taylor now that like eclipses that. Yes. It just didn't feel good at the time, you know? Completely. That's, yeah. There's so many Taylor things that I have not experienced since I hated her. Mm Mm-hmm. And because of that, I have bad associations with them. Yeah. It's like I'm constantly, like, reevaluating things from a different lens and seeing yeah. if I'm still mad at that Taylor or if I don't see it that way anymore. Totally. Yeah. And it's funny because when I listen to that song now, I love that song now. And Look I, what you I made I listen, me do. Yeah. Me too. When I listen to it now, I have, like, completely different completely. associations and feelings with it. I also know much more. Oh, well, obviously, I know much more about Context. connections context yeah. also like um you know the song that's sampled in it like there's a lot of things that i didn't know anything right. about at the yes. time yes so uh, the reason i bring up dress in particular is because we've we've talked about like how sapphic feeling the 1989 songs felt and how i was kind of rolling my eyes at them right because i was like why does she even get sound sapphic even though i know she's straight 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like dress mm-hmm. had a very similar thing with me. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember us talking about it at the time. I think I do. I think I remember at some point before we were gaylers talking about it. I just really take things at such face value, which is, I think, why Mm. I value, like, your perspective as, like, a sort of, like, literary analyst so Mm. much. Because, for like, I always sort of read the surface meanings. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, only bought that dress so you could take it off. Like, I, as a straight woman, only bought that dress, like, this dress I'm wearing so that you, a man, could take it off. Yeah. Like, that's what I just assumed that it was about. But it makes so much sense to me that you, as someone that's, like, literally trained by the academy to like read queerness out of things <laughs> thank you so much academy <laughs> by the way i'm so glad i spent that 250 dollars on an official academy <laughs> diploma online it's like okay, the minister at our wedding aka your sister <laughs> the minister at our wedding she paid 250 dollars to become, become a minister a, i guess that's <laughs> what i'm saying it was free it was free <laughs> oh, that's good I hope this dynamic is pleasant for your listeners. Me too. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, so you just are someone that's always like reading many meanings out of things. Mm. At which I mean, I won't say I don't do, but I think in that case, and for a lot of things pre-Gaylor, me listening mm-hmm. to Taylor. Yeah. Well, you're my nonfiction girl. That's so true. I mean, so is Taylor. Before Illicit Affairs, she had never written anything that wasn't from her own experience before. And Illicit Affairs was the first thing she wrote, not from her own experience. It's so true. When I think back to her time on the beach in 1946 with the Kennedy. It's so true. She yeah. lived that life. Yeah, she really did. She really did. Let's just move into the next thing. Because I feel like if we try to recap our whole thing with Taylor, it's like every episode is about our relationship yeah, with Taylor yeah, yeah. indirectly. You've really given your listeners a lot of context for you the history. And yes. I feel like our my history is very similar. Is there I mean, is parallel with yours because it, it was is parallel. intertwined like it's the same. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Today's episode is going to be me, moi, interviewing <laughs> and moi. <laughs> interviewing Lizzie about her top 10 Taylor Swift songs. And then as a little bonus, we're going to talk about one of, I would say, one of your absolute favorite topics and a very, really true. yes, and something that comes up a lot, which is the songs, the top five songs narrowed down from about 8 billion. I have like a very long playlist. Yes. Yeah. Of songs that. Lizzie wishes Taylor would cover mm-hmm. like her dream Taylor covers. So these are songs that she has. She covered any of them? No, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not to my knowledge. It's interesting, right. you know, not to get too far into it before we're at this. Segment, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but she has very few songs that she's covered in like an intentional. Yeah. Her live, the songs she's covered live are typically like, with the artist, right. like having fun, mm-hmm. but then she has like maybe I can't I, I can only think of like three off the top of my head mm. songs that she's done. Well, I guess yeah, that she's done live as like pieces that she's kind of making her own. I guess I should say. Right. Right. So there's not a huge. I, there's so many songs I would love to hear her sing. Yes, and so we've somehow narrowed it down to five. I have. I kind you of you have narrowed it down. Uh, to five. Pro- I'm kind of at six right now. 
gonna have to think about it. I think that's fine. Six, okay. we'll just throw it in. We'll okay. just throw it in. So, and I do want to say, you have kept this list secret from me, mm-hmm. and your top five favorite, your top ten mm-hmm. Taylor songs. You've also kept secret from yeah. me. At this point, when this episode comes out, will the episode that you did with the Lavender Menace of your top ten be out? I believe so. Okay, I know that that was a little more off the cuff for you. Right. So it's like a little bit apples to oranges in terms of, I've had a lot of time to think about and place these on a list. Yeah. But um, people have a little bit of an idea of your top ten. Yeah, and I think I'll reference my top ten. I am sure that that some of our favorites overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm so. sure that I won't be super surprised by the songs on your list, but I am thrilled that I don't know them yet. So without further ado, I'm assuming you want to count down from 10. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So without further ado, what is your 10th? My 10 is kind of a toss up, I would say. Okay. Like I had, for number 10, I kind of had like five or six songs that I was like, these are kind of like, but like my like fun songs, mm-hmm. you know, this could be like switched out perhaps with a few other ones. Mm-hmm. But for now, my number ten is Renegade. <gasps> oh, oh, I love that. Yes. I love the pacing of it. Uh-huh. The way that Madison talked about um, right where you left me, how yes. it just kind of like keeps going and yes. going. That's what I love about Renegade. I also love, you know, there was a lot of discussion when it came out about whether or not it was, like, almost a little ableist. I remember that, yeah. Um, And, you know, as someone that is, you know, mentally ill, Mm. if you will. um, (laughs) I will, and I must. That's a lot of anxiety (laughs) and things like that. I didn't feel that way when I heard it. And I also love the idea that it's what someone is saying to her. So I just love it. It's my. It might be a little bit of like the newness of it. That's part of why I love it so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Who knows? Like three years from now, compared to other newer songs, Taylor. Um, <laughs> there's gonna be some new ones by then, right? Um, <laughs> we're in a drought right now. It's been like two months. <laughs> the drought was the very worst. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my number ten. Yeah, I mean, to me, I guess. Renegade is the closest we have to TS10, mm-hmm. besides yes. maybe all too well 10 minute version. Exactly. And both of those are like just a new sound that yes. I am so excited and happy yes. for. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, because if it was just Renegade, then you might think that it was just because she was like in the style of Big Red Machine. I literally had to look at my phone to make sure that was the right name because I always am like, Big Machine? That doesn't seem right. Uh, that is not talked about Big enough. Machine plus red equals like Big Red, red machine. machine. It's so weird. It's very odd. There's a lot of things in her life that are like very synchronous. Well, and also the fact that we've been fans of Big Red Machine for yeah. so much well, longer. That's, that's, Back to yeah. the Dark Was the Night album when they that's so originated. True. Yes, that's so true. So oh. like, Taylor's involvement in it yeah is almost wild yeah yeah if you had told me like in high school that these artists that i like loved mm-hmm. so much as like authentic indie you know yes. would be working with taylor swift and i would be like more in a more in love with her yes and be like so happy about that yeah it's just wild where life will bring you <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me so 
jealous of like high schoolers now. Oh, I know. I mean, I think of how I jealous I am of, of high schoolers now because like, like they just have queer friends in school. So many of them. I know. And that is I not know. to negate all of you that do not have like are not out in high school. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I'm not delusional that that's like a blanket thing everywhere. But I do talk. We do. Both of us talk to so many young queer people, mm-hmm. and it's like I cannot imagine. I know. Knowing that I was queer in high school. I know. Like, letting myself yeah. know and live in that. Yeah, it's so interesting. I There definitely, I mean, there was a small number of people that were out Yeah. in my high school. Yeah. It's very small number of girls yes. that were out as only Same. bi. Ex- only exactly. Bi. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it is amazing. Yeah. It is. So, I just am so, like, happy for... High schoolers that like loved Bon Iver and loved the National, yeah. and then they're like, "Oh, Taylor Swift's corn! Like I have nothing to do in quarantine. Yeah, maybe I'll check out Taylor Swift now that she's working with the like love of my life, Justin Vernon." Says a high schooler, not me. Yeah, not not the high schoolers in both of us. No, speaking to us. No, not at all. No, not it couldn't be. <laughs> no, it's not like one of us made Justin Vernon in The Sims to marry the other one. It's not like one of us has made Taylor Swift in The Sims. <laughs> that hasn't happened for either of us. So, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um, that is another thing about the song Renegade is just that it's like. A really beautiful kind of culmination of a lot of right. musical love and my in our lives. So I yeah. think that's, it's very special. I was kind of talking it down a little bit, just because I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of other songs that, again, it kind of is on equal level with me for. Mm-hmm. And also I think it's it's not as like meaty in terms of substance. Right. You know, like it kind of repeats the same things a bunch. Yeah. So, and I typically like songs that have a little more, like, something to grab onto. But that said, it does give us some very interesting insight, so. Yeah, it does. It's a nice little song. I, the thing I love the most about that song is Boney Vare's, or Justin Vernon's part at the end. He sounds oh, so boy. bored. It's so true. It's, he sounds like. Do you really want to talk about the, timing and time like The, this? like, utilization of boredom in her songs yes. is not talked about. Never. Like, there's so many songs. You really have to listen for boredom in her, mm. in the way she and her, like, co-singers deliver mm. lines. It really mm. says a lot. I agree. Like, yeah. she really understands that boredom is, like, one of, because she prioritizes young girls and, like, or young women mm. and the, like, codes of Hmm. teenage girlhood she really understands that boredom is one of the biggest weapons Mm. that girls have at their arsenal totally because like the reason why people feel so intimidated by teenagers is because they do not want to be feel be made to feel boring yeah that's so true and like so so when taylor embodies boredom or invokes boredom Mm -hmm. in her songs it really is speaking to that, like, thing inside of us mm-hmm. that, like, still feels like an angsty teen. It's not something that we jump to as, like, an emotion in a song. So it's not, like, obvious. But I think once you start to hear it, there's certain songs. Like, I feel like there's a bunch on Lover yes. that have that in them. Yeah, It's I... really, it is, like, a little, another little tool in her arsenal of her little spy toolkit with with uh, yes. sexuality like is that yes. you i think you talked about that on a 
the previous episode. Yes. Yeah. The way that she embodies that sort of like double-edged sword Mm -hmm. type of weapon. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually said that about Evelyn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and similarly, like just feminized kind of modes of being that, yeah, yeah, are are just have really interesting kind of like double meanings and double sides and internal and external worlds, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I feel like the way that it's used in Renegade is so great because it's like by the end of the song, it's like he has repeated it so much, like she's repeated it so much Mm -hmm. that you just, it's like... Taylor's literally like, I'm tired of this. Yeah. Like, it's no longer living in that pain. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the... St- like, that's how you kind of get the sense that it's... She's talking about a few years ago. Yeah, totally. Because it's so, like... Yeah, and the carrying story. your baggage up your street? Yes. I mean, obviously. we all know what street that your baggage has been carried on. <laughs> that's right. A little Cornelia <laughs> Street. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, number nine. Okay, number nine... I did something a little cheeky here. Okay. It's actually a back-to-back combo. (gasps) Can you guess what it is from me saying that? Okay, back-to-back combo. So it applies, first of all, for our listeners, we primarily listen to Taylor on CDs in our car. Mm -hmm. So we're very familiar with... Uh, the track listing in yeah, the track order. Especially now because like the buttons on the panel don't work. So you have to listen to them in order, in the order of the CDs that are in the CD player. Luckily, Reputation, Folklore, and Evermore are all in there. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the order, yeah. We listen to them right. in order, primarily. And it is something we've talked about. The order in particular. This back-to-back Okay. Combo. I have been... I will say that the one song I've been expecting, like, really had at the top of my head that you would include is Getaway Car. So it must... This must not be the backpack because I know Getaway Card... Getaway Card? <laughs> That's what you pull when you need to get away. A Getaway Card. I know that Getaway Car is followed by... You have half the equation. Okay, good. So the combo is King of My Heart into... Dancing with our hands yes. tied. Yeah. Uh, that makes me like want to explode with happiness. It, I'm so glad you paired them together. Yes. They're a two for one deal. Yeah. I don't think King of Heart would have ever made it onto my top 10 list if not for Dancing with Our Hands Tied. In the context of Dancing but with Our Hands Tied. That turn from King of My Heart to Dancing with, my, with Our Hands Tied is one of the most devastating. Intensely emotional turns in music history, I think. It's making it, me cry just looking at you and thinking <laughs> oh, about it. Like, this is really what her music does to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, going from King of My Heart to Dancing With Our Hands Tied, that's I too know. much. I know. I know. Thinking about, like, them and just imaginary girls in <laughs> their little overalls. Um, and sunflowers and daisies. Daisies, like just going from that into those like opening bars of Dancing with Our Hands Tied. Yes. Just, you know, like a scary, dark kind of club vision. These are just images that are popping into my mind. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I feel like, again, like, yeah, we're picturing those things 
in large part because that's the life we've led. Mm. Going outside and like the little on the seashores and the daisies and the little dandelions mm. into like, you know, the drama of hey, being drunk at Hay Queen in Brooklyn. Yeah. And like, you know, wanting to even hold hands but not being able to because we were too afraid to be anything but best friends yeah. like that's what king of my heart and dancing with our hands ties is yeah exactly hands talk about like internal and external the intimacy and internal world of relationship and then the public like that being public and held up to the scrutiny of like the world around you i just think about sitting or laying down when we're sharing a twin-sized bed and like in my dorm room just waking up in the like first rays of daylight and just telling you as my platonic best friend that I wanted my whole life to be about protecting you as if you're a flower that I want to literally be a garden gate around I literally said those words that you were the flower garden and I was the garden gate and that's what I wanted our whole life to be and like how I was able to like hold you in those early tender sunlight I'm sorry, I'm getting a little too intimate for recording. <laughs> but I just, yeah, it's the, like, intimate moments where you're just in a field and the, like, public moments when you're in the dark. And it's, like, that's really what those two songs are about, regardless of what t- has happened in Taylor's life. I love dancing with our hands tied. That's really, like, my Scorpio self Yes. I kept reminding myself that we had to talk about your big oh, yeah, three when we came on. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, my son is in Scorpio. I'm, I don't know. I'm telling you as if you don't know. This is this one's for the listeners. <laughs> um, my moon is in Pisces, mm. which just happens to be opposite from your moon in Virgo. In Virgo, yes, sister signs. Sisters. Once again, sisters, just like all the cab drivers think we are. Yes! Um, We get that a lot. Yes. And my, oh, and also uh, people working polls when we go to vote. Oh my god, I think I meant like stripper polls. (laughs) And I was like, when were we around strippers that were like forcing us being sisters? Um, You'd think they'd be accepting, it's like, pitch we're at a strip club we're not <laughs> sisters we're lesbians obviously that's never happened so i was confused no. um at voting at voting polls yeah. yes being like aggro yeah in yeah. boston massachusetts the home of gay marriage <laughs> the first american city i think i knew like the second person to get gay married in boston we knew the first okay. she was a member of our church Great. yeah our gay church we both grew up in gay churches. We both grew up in gay churches. That's a, that's a story for a different time. <laughs> My ascendant is Capricorn, which also happens to be the sister sign of your ascendant cancer. Yeah. If you wonder why we work so well together. Yeah. People throw a lot of shade when they find out we're Sagittarius and a Scorpio together. Yeah. Do you remember the, the phrase that, like, the little compatibility test or compatibility article you read right after we got together said Mm-mm. it said prepare for steam oh yeah so like they you know sagittarius and scorpio typically fizzle out very fast i think mm-hmm. yeah i would say my experience with other fire signs was a lot of pain steam 
pain. Right. Steam pain. Steam. <laughs> um, Not steam pain. Steam. <laughs> classic emotion. But no, I think, well, I like to think about it as like the phase, like phasing through the sign. And mm. so I actually think it's really nice, like your sign is one beyond mine. So like a little older, taking the lessons of my sign mm. and like, you know, shifting into like a different, I don't know, realm. So I think that you really understand me in that way. Mm. And you really excite me in that way. Yeah. And then the fact that we have like major kind of influences that are sister signs. I mean, that's really I think our is, anchor. Yeah. is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I love the way that you talk about like fire and water together too. Because we, um, neither of us are wearing our wedding rings right now, but our wedding rings are, well, our engagement rings are like fire and water. And then we yes. wanted like earth and air for like the wedding rings to kind of balance yes. it out. But yes. I think like that that idea of like I think you've described it as like a bonfire on the beach. Yeah, I love that. That's really what we are. Yeah, and that's one of the major motifs of when we first met. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just and also thinking about our moon signs being earth and water. That's yeah. also we met on an island. Yeah, which is literally the epitome of earth and water. Yeah. And we were, like, literally, in our first week of knowing each other, able to be, like, incredibly intimate, vulnerable vulnerable spaces. Yeah. So, in our moons. Totally. In an environment that literally was earth and water. Yeah, and, like, literally our ascendants, like, meeting each other for the first time. Yes. Also earth and water. Or also earth and water. Yeah. On the shore before the island. Uh, that's right. beautiful. It is! <laughs> it is! Mm, the memoir is writing itself. <laughs> I really love your signs. I wouldn't, I mean, I feel so stupid. Like, <laughs> as if I would, like, you know, like, I want to say, like, I love you no matter what your signs. But it's like, we believe in astrology, so what can I well, say, we bitch? Have, <laughs> like, we are, like, in the relationship we're in because, because of, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the little cherry on top, you asked me mm. about my Venus. <gasps> yes. My Venus is in Sagittarius, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 And my Venus is in Libra, which is, like, definitely... Exalted. Yes. And I think that, like, the thing <clears throat> that works so well is, you know, Sagittarians traditionally can't be locked down, mm. you know, as Madison with, mm. like, their relationship anarchy really exemplifies. Mm-hmm. But, like, because your Venus is in Sagittarius, and my Venus of Libra tamps like really balances out like freedom in love kind of looks different Mm -hmm. you know than what if if, than someone else like i just feel like what our love has done is created a literal like wild and free that's what i was gonna say landscape like planet so like our love is inherently freeing. Yeah, exactly. Way but, more freeing yeah. than being single was. That's what I was going to say. Like, I think that it's kind of a shallow interpretation of Sagittarius to be like, they like to travel. They like new things all the time. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, there is an element. Like, that is true mm-hmm. in deep ways. But, like, mm-hmm. I think that the love that I always was, like, looking for was freedom and wildness. Like, that's what, to me, my Venus being in Sagittarius is, yes. you know? And so, yeah. And I also, like, loved Cinderella and wanted to have, like, a true love and always knew that I would. So, yeah, it all makes a lot of sense to me. And you're in your Cinderella dress. Oh, you loved Cinderella, <laughs> you said. Oh, interesting. 
thing. Maybe I'll take note of them. <laughs> Me only buys like cornflower blue clothing <laughs> items. Do you think I want to say anything more about your little tie for nines? No. It's so funny that I... you included two for your top nine. Thank you. What a little scamp. Thank you so much. I did contemplate putting this at number 10 just because I thought it would be cute. But all too well feminine version. Oh, That yes. would have been cute if it was at number 10. It would have been. But, oh, well, it's number eight. I love this song. I don't think I would ever listen to the original version if it wasn't for our CD being. There's a lot of, I will say, there's a lot of songs on Red and Extended Red that I probably would skip. Yeah. It is sometimes a lot to just hear Ronan out of nowhere. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's beautiful and like, you know, I'm glad it exists. But uh-huh. just bopping around to red and then getting into that headspace is sometimes a lot. But yeah, so all too well. I don't know if I would really listen to the regular version because every time I listen to it, we literally will start just, we'll just sing the 10 minute version over it. Exactly. Yeah, we know it so well <laughs> yeah. that when the part comes on, we just stop the radio. Yeah. And sing. And then begin the radio when it's time again. Yeah, exactly. I love the SNL performance. I think Mm. the end is really, is very transcendent. Now, what do you feel about our, your sibling-in-laws going to them? I... A.K.A. my siblings. Yes. By birth and blood. I block it out, I think. (laughs) I will say... I love them. And I know they enjoyed it. But I don't think they enjoyed it. (laughs) We would have enjoyed it. They didn't know at the time. Isn't that what funny? our love for they, this person is? They went to like Hannah and Neve. Shout out! Shout out! I would love it to find out that you two listen to this because yeah, they went to see Taylor at SNL. They went to the um, rehearsal, so they were not at the taping. The taping, and I think that's the only thing that's keeping me. Yeah, if we saw them, if the we crowd. saw them in the crowd. Oh. But anyway, so they went to New York and they saw that like two weeks later was my 30th birthday. So they came to Vermont. They saw us. The first thing they say to me when they walk in the door, my sister Hannah is like, we've just been listening to 10 minute, I'll do well 10 minute version this whole way up. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. Do you guys listen to like the podcasts? And they were like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Why did you just bring up All Too Well, 10-minute version with me? And they're like, well, because we saw her in SNL. We saw her at the rehearsal. And I was like, uh, okay, I just started a podcast about Taylor <laughs> Swift. And literally, the, the what they saw, what their faces looked like, they were like, we just went to SNL and saw Taylor Swift and Katie, our beloved sister, started a podcast about her. They were shocked. Yeah. They are gooped. They're gagged. <laughs> and they were gandered. And they were gandered. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know at first that they, because I think this was relayed to me later, I didn't know that they didn't know about your podcast, so I took it as such a personal offense that they <laughs> had those tickets and didn't give them to you. But then I found out they didn't, they had no idea. Yeah. That this was a particular Passion of of yours. I love them so much that I did immediately forgive them before, while it was happening. Yeah. Because I knew if I even spent one iota of regret or jealousy, I would have gone too far in. Mm. Yes. Yeah, totally. So I was actually just very happy for them. Totally. And I cannot stress enough how... I'm so happy 
that they only went to the rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does. I know that you're listening, it's like, you still would have sung Taylor Swift. Like, it doesn't matter because they got to see Taylor Swift in front of them. But it's like, okay, but I can pretend they didn't. <laughs> because they didn't see the live the performance. The one we saw. Though they didn't see the one I saw. <laughs> so I can just pretend it never happened. Yeah. But I do love that performance. It. I was, as I think you've talked about before, I was very pained by the film. And I was very afraid of the direction we were going in. Um, the direction we were going in? Well, the in. film, like the direction of Gaylor oh, world. Like Taylor. Right. The direction to But I think I have since, I since... I haven't seen it since. I haven't watched it twice, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but I will say Madison's perspective on it has really changed for me, my mm. feelings of it. Like, I find it much more interesting than I used to, when I did before. But I think her performance on SNL really saved that for me. Like... Yes. I mean, the film playing in the background is whatever. It's fine. But... Like, just everything about it. It's so amazing. The <laughs> leaves and the snow. Yes. The standing at the end, the music cutting out, the yes, three of them. the three of them. Just the way they all hug each other at the end of it. Unreal. Come on. The uh, black bodysuit. Yeah. The off the shoulder. And, oh, yeah, it's just, it's really magical. Um, yeah. I'm so yeah. glad that you made that your eighth. Lucky number seven. Number seven is Willow. <gasps> oh, my God. Willow is your seven? Mm-hmm. That makes me so happy. Really? Sometimes I feel like you and I are the only ones in the world that appreciate Willow. I, I know. I don't understand. <laughs> it only grew hearing the original version. Like, I that's know. my myth? I know. Uh, what? <laughs> I know. I know. And I have, I will say, so that's my number seven. My 7.5 <laughs> is Willow 90. <laughs> everything in your power to have this not be 10 songs. It is 12 songs. It is 12. I promise it's only 12. It should be 13. I'll just sneak one in. I'll think about it. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear you say that about the 90s version. I love the 90s version. So do I. I I could never. I mean, the original is so So good. good. Um, But the 90s version is very special. And the... um, sound that sounds like you know those like whistles that you like pull that's like Ooh, mm-hmm. like that sound mm-hmm. um that sound in 90 the 90s remix is like from a song on reputation, reputation. i feel like it might be delicate but i, wow. I don't know wow. i'm not 100 percent sure okay but that was really interesting to me wow that that's i mean i'm like pretty sure it's the same wow. sound from probably Jack's little mix board. I don't know what producers yeah. do. I don't really understand how music is made, but his like Moog synthesizer, synthesizer. Exactly. Yeah, just hitting orchestra head over and over again. Yeah, I just that's my man. Is like I have a playlist called "That's My Man." That's like a gay girl playlist. Yeah, I just I love that song. I don't know. My feelings about the video when I first saw them were a little confused. Mm. I think. Mm-hmm. But I do love it. I love it. I love thinking about her in her little cloak and her little portrait of a lady on fire coven. I mean, and especially when you pair it with Cardigan, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, what an interesting pairing. And the fact that it pretty much encapsulates Portrait of a Lady on Fire, both of them together. Because you have yeah. the, like, drifting in the ocean, desperately clinging to her yes. art. Yes. And then getting to retreat into, like, her little witch's lair where herbal abortions are able to take place. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Like, truly a cottagecore lesbian mm-hmm. paradise. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sapphic paradise, I'll say. Yeah. A cottagecore sapphic paradise. I really love it, too. I'm really... It makes me so happy <laughs> that both of us can literally have it go from the lakes... And as soon as we hear Aaron Dessner and his little guitar, uh, that's the thing. That sound. It's so beautiful. I know. It's so beautiful. It's like the most incredible opening to an album. Yes, it so is. Good. It is. I think it is. Well, it's really hard because I love State of Grace so, so, so much. Yeah. And I mean, ready for it is reputation has to always we be actually okay wait, no actually own. the best that's true actually the best opening for an album is <clears throat> exactly like, her clearing her it's fucking throat. throat i know <laughs> her mind oh god i love her so yeah, much yeah but willow is so beautiful so beautiful i mean that's why i love evermore you know it yes. really is like a she ran off into the woods to live a lesbian category life. And yeah, the 90s remix doesn't get enough love because everyone was so burnt out of remixes of yeah. Willow. Like, oh, the God, parody. that is so true. That's yeah. the thing about it is that, like, I was, like, looking through them all and it's like, why do those, why do these exist? Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> sorry, everyone that making them, but. <laughs> so, number six. Sweet number six. Sweet number six is, it's funny, when I was talking about Renegade and I was like, it's not. I'm not a very meaty song. Mm-hmm. My number six is also not a very meaty song. Um, it's something that when I first heard it, I was like, this doesn't have a lot of substance to it. Um, but I just love it so much. I'm on the edge of my seat. And that is The Very First Night. Oh my gosh! This is classic. This is classic. Lizzie being a lesbian. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I am so obsessed with how like gay you are. Oh. This is like my not no, my number one thing I love about you. Like, <laughs> I hear that every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly about everything. <laughs> like, there's just something about you that, even though you had been, you have been in, like, you're very far from being a, like that gold I mean, star. Yes, yeah. and I obviously both of us hate that trope deeply. Yeah. So like transphobic. So does not leave room for nuance like has such a particular view of like what a lesbian is Mm -hmm. but like you are so far from that and i think it really goes to show the reason why like you literally can't quantify or label someone's sexuality based on like their past is because like so many times i will look at you and your life choices and i'm like she's so gay (laughs) at every turn the um chorus to very first night and that's why I was kind of saying it. There's something, like, f- almost fluff about it. It's like, I wish that I could fly, like, fly, pick you up when you go back in time. Like, yeah. that doesn't really, like, that's not really as interesting and, like, unique as yeah. I think a lot of her writing is, right. you know? But um, I just love it. It's so fun that it definitely, it, the little rhyme scheme so fun. Yeah. But it's just such a little fun song, and it makes me so happy to think about it. And it's another one that's very, like, has a very insistent kind of, like, you know pacing yes 
And I just think that that is one of her, especially with the way back, the like TikTok community and like the Gaylor community immediately took that and made it her. Exactly. Yeah. Like that. And then she essentially confirmed confirmed it. it. Yes. By using that ladies and gentlemen, her sound. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love that. Like your first love on Evermore was Ivy, which is now, you know, universally accepted. By all Swifties mm-hmm. as being about like a lesbian relationship, mm-hmm. like Emily and Sue. And the very first night, you're like, this is one of the most pure, sapphic, like yeah. young love songs. And so now it's your sweet six. Yeah, that's true. And um, not to bring a 13 into this. Okay. But I do think this is where I can fit in a. I told you I was going to fit in a 13 somewhere. She really did, yeah. I think Getaway Car is sort of equivalent to me. I think that's why I didn't put Getaway Car in here is because I felt like there would be too much, like, again, like, I don't want to say fluff because that's not really the right word, but, like, almost, like, not the main story or something. That's not exactly, I don't know. I can't really describe it, but um, they feel very similar to me in, like, the type of song for me. Yeah. And I love Getaway Car for the same reasons. Like, the pacing. Uh-huh. And it's so fun. And, like, it's so emotional. Like, you're dying. And then it's worse that she's saying goodbye. I know. Like, that's... Oh, my God. It's so emotional. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, I think the Getaway Car, I think, could be kind of, like, equivalent to Very First Night. That's so interesting. I know. Yeah. It is interesting. And now it's very interesting. Because we get to our track ah! five. Okay. And as I'm looking at, like... Uh, this kind of is a track five for me. I love that. So it's not a track five for Taylor. No. But as far as, okay, so define what you think a track five is. I in think that it's case. something that tells kind of like the most fundamental, like crucial story to mm. the album and to where she is at that time. Wow. Something that's very emotional and like very, um, I think also that tells us a lot about her reality yeah so this is kind of an interesting one i mean i didn't int- i actually didn't intentionally put this as five yeah of course i didn't think about it um but would i you, do think it fits would you say that this is the song that like would be a track five for your relationship with taylor and how you view taylor's music <clears throat> like it does this like perfectly summarize everything you love about taylor like in one song even if it's not your number one in some ways, I think it's a side of her that I don't think is, like, always the side that I think about. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, no. But I do think that it is some of my most crucial Easter eggs. <gasps> okay. All right. So I know exactly what song you this do. is going to be. Yes. Okay. Number five has to be... Don't, don't blame, blame me. me. Yeah. Yes. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. me. Yeah. Crucial Easter egg. Yes. Classic Little Lizzie song. Yeah. yeah, this is a real Scorpio choice for sure. Yes. The song is very black and silver. Yeah. Very black and silver. Mm, yeah. Black and silver. I think of it also as like black and gold. Well, that makes sense because we're gold girls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I love this song. It's so, like, you know, it really embodies a certain type of, like, tragic sexuality that I Mm -hmm. used to exclusively listen to, I Mm -hmm. would say. Mm -hmm. And it 
does so in a way that's very grounded in like you know sapphic love so it's not as like sad for me yeah because i think a lot of the music i used to listen to i find too sad now yeah but yeah it's like very intense and very sexual very like spiritual again some of my favorite easter eggs Oh, it's just so good. And there's oh the rep the like her little um I don't know what you call them, but, like her flourishes and rep, like the things mm. she sings on top of herself. Yes. So good. And the song has some of the best. Absolutely. So good. It it sounds so the song is so similar to Take Me to Church by Hozier. Exactly. It has that same feeling. And yes. I like love music like that. I know. But a lot of the time it has like a very a lot of the time it's very straight and that's mm-hmm. painful. It's like I get to enjoy that kind of music without that yeah. kind of like poison. <laughs> I know that Evermore you consider Evermore to be like your sec do you consider your second favorite or do, are you like it's mm. one of my favorites? I mean Evermore and uh, Reputation are so different. You know. It's really hard yes, to. Exactly. They're just really different moods. Because I really think of Reputation as like an untouchable, yeah, holy album. Definitely, yeah. That like For the sure. other songs can't really, like, even compare to because like as an album itself, it just every single fucking song on it. Yeah. Except for number thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> But even so, Madison and Renaissance have really, like, changed my opinion on that song. Oh my god, song. I can't wait to hear that. I know. Uh, it, yeah, it's really worth it. I'm glad that um, you'll have heard it by now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, Reputation gave that to us. Yeah. Like, it has that bad girl sexuality. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. In such a sapphic, yeah. heavenly Exactly. Way. Which is, like, that's a huge part of me. Oh, that yes. can't be denied. No, so. I can't. Even as I'm in my little bow and my little glasses. You know that to me, they're the same. Yeah, exactly. That's who I see when I look at you. And, you know, Taylor has all that inside of her as well. Yes. Yes, she does. Which I think a lot of people don't really hold. And I think it's because her sexuality feels unpalatable to many people. Because they sense a queerness in it that they cannot name. Yeah. There are a lot of Swifties or would-be Swifties who don't like to, you know, stand her because she gives off this, like, refusal to be sexualized. Mm-hmm. And she refuses to ever be in the male gaze. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's very, un- in- like, not palatable to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very unacceptable and jarring to people. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, so wildly safe to so many girls. And I don't really know why I can recognize that now as a 30-year-old. But I could not recognize that when I was younger. Why I was so willing to see her refusal to be in the male gaze as her being, like, a Mm pick-me. And, like, someone who was putting down other women. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because she her like media efforts were controlled by people who did want to turn her yeah. like lack of sexual charisma mm-hmm. like the way that so many other young pop stars like embodied sexiness and like the male gaze taylor always really like either straight up refused or just like because she's a queer person like couldn't do it mm-hmm. and I think that, like, her media team and her management team, her PR team, 
strategized around that Mm -hmm. and kind of turned her into like, okay, if we can't make her seem desirable to men, we have to make her boy crazy because like we have to make it seem like she's obsessed with men uh, by her like actions and what she does. Because if you just look at Taylor and what she does, she's not going to be desirable to men. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And I think I'm thinking also about her like squad, you know, yeah. do you know where that like term like originated? Was that from her or was that like kind of put on them? That's a really good question because it was definitely appropriated from like AAVE, the term yeah. squad. Yeah. Like that was definitely being used by like black girl groups mm-hmm. and like in general by like black young adults and black youth before like mm-hmm. to mean group of friends like yeah. your friends and so it definitely was around the time when like squad goals was being appropriated by mm-hmm. like general white culture so i don't remember like if it was her squad because yeah. kind of all friend groups are being referred to as that and it just stuck for taylor well, it's interesting because I'm imagining, I have no idea if this is what happened, but I'm imagining like her or someone in that little group using like a hashtag squad goals and then yes. like the media being like Taylor's girl squad. <laughs> yes. But so that's the thing, like in line with what you're saying about her relationships with men, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that was kind of another instance of like, it felt like the mean girls yeah. kind of thing of like yes. this group of like models mm-hmm. but it's just so funny to think back and be like we saw them as like like girl squad like squad goals girl squad like whatever like this kind of group of like you know thin blonde girls whatever mm-hmm. it was a very sapphic group of yes. people yes yes <laughs> yeah exactly so um yeah <laughs> I, I don't like that's the thing though it's like i think at the time that felt sapphic to me about as sapphic as it feels now mm. because that definitely was the most male gazy she got yeah. male gazy it sounds like male daisy <laughs> a gay daisy the gay daisy male <gasps> gay daisy male gay <laughs> That's a shirt. (laughs) Why did I act as though that I discovered something? (laughs) Da Vinci code. I finally finally cracked it. Male Daisy. Or no, gay Daisy. Male Gazy. I can like her squad era. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. I, it felt, like, like weaponized it, in the same yes. way as, like, her relationships with men that were, like, in the media. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that makes, yeah, it makes sense to me. That, uh, but again, yeah. it's like, I don't think I have watched the Bad Blood video since being a gayler. That's true. Exactly. exactly. So I wonder if I would be watching it and be like, Mr. Policeman, she gave us all the clues. <laughs> I, absolutely, I'm sure. Because I mean, were any men in it besides Kendrick Lamar? Who, remember. by the way, looks like a butch lesbian. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, I don't I don't remember. Also, just, I mean, we're, like, really swinging around here, but it really makes me think of, like, you need to calm down. And how you could ask this, like, the same question of you need to calm down. Are there any, like, fucking women in it? Or, like, femme... Or not, I'm sure yeah, that they're fans. Of course. 
course. But I feel like there's so many gay men right. in Yinja Khan Off now. the top of, yes. That she's Come like on. not friends with in real life. In real life. <laughs> in real life, yeah. I it's mean, very confusing. Right? Like, it is confusing. That, mo- that video. It is confusing. And it, it really adds to the, like, she's queer baiting us narrative. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a main reason why queer people think that's that she's, what's happening. I don't yeah. think queer people... I think before that, there wasn't really, like, a big question about queer baiting, but then that happened. I mean, you could argue that the Bad Blood video was queer baiting because it's so, like, sexy girls, like, almost kissing and yeah. being, like, you yeah. know, very Charlie's Angels sapphic. Right. But I think that for a lot of people that I talk to who are, like, queer and don't really know much about her, they're like, oh, yeah, didn't yes. she make that gay video that's, like, it very, oh, yes. like, I hate crime. <laughs> I hate crime. I actively would call it a yeah, hate crime before, so yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I know off the top of my head that Haley Kyoko, of course, right, yeah. is the archer in it. Of course, yeah. Oh, can't erase that. Can't erase that. Um, I know YouTuber Hannah Hart was in it. Notable because Hannah Hart once tweeted before she was in the video, Dress is a very gay song. Dress by Taylor wow. Swift was very gay. Amazing. So very interesting about Taylor Hart. Amazing. Ellen DeGeneres is in it. So maybe take that as a point away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that cancels out Nothing. any good from Hannah Hart. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, I don't remember how we got here on squad time. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. That was a many I'm so sorry. Stepping stones. To take so far away from no, Don't Blame okay. Me. Yeah, I just love that. I love that music. I love her reputation yeah. album. And so what do you think of it being my track five? I think that that is true because if you think of Lover and her track five being the Archer, mm-hmm. that is her son, like her Sagittarius son. Mm-hmm. And what is Don't Blame Me but your Scorpio son? That's exactly right. That's yeah. Exactly right. Okay. You're, you're four. <laughs> you're, what are you fighting for? But what am I fighting for? I'm fighting for August. August! Was August on yours? I don't think August <gasps> was on mine. Ah! I'm pretty sure I only had one song from Folklore on mine, and it was This Is Me Trying. I, I really regret having mm-hmm. August not be on it, because August is the most purple pink, especially pink orange. Yeah. Like, August is literally the lesbian flag colors. It's so true. It's so true. And I... With a little yeah. bit of sea glass green thrown in there. And the salt on your door, that white, the seafoam white. Exactly. Uh, yeah, just the opening salt there. I just love August so much. What a soft song. I mean, it's just so beautiful, so soft. And then the that little cherry on top. I don't even like cherries, but that scrumptious little cherry on top. I like cherries. I know you do. And you are my little August. You think so? I think that's why I love it so much. Do you really think I'm like yes. August? Yes. You're August. That makes me August to me is the hottest girl on the album. Absolutely. And you think that I I'm think her? she to me she is too. Well, you know, the girl I'd want to marry is Betty. And you're my Elizabeth Betty. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes I do dream of calling you Betty instead of Lizzie oh as our little you nickname. Do it. You think I should I should try I that love out? That. Betty, that's such a great name. It's such like a fifties starlet. That's what oh, all I, I want. love it. Is for enough people to subscribe to this Patreon so we can buy silky dresses and you can be my hot housewife named Betty. That is like... Like in Mad Men. Like in Mad Men, bitch. Oh, yeah. So the cherry on top, that's mm-hmm. a beautiful song, is our little buddy, <laughs> Jack Antonoff, and his little smile. 
Oh, his smile. <laughs> I We've, like, literally talked about getting a electronic picture frame <laughs> to play that GIF in, on our wall. That's true, we have. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have had that conversation. Oh, so just the bridge. I don't know. What's a bridge? What's a coda? I could not tell you. Right. I feel like they're actual mean something. <laughs> you do. But to uh, me, if I if I'm like, oh, that's my favorite song of a Taylor song, I'm that's my favorite part of a Taylor song. I'm like, must be the bridge. I'm like, but I maybe. <laughs> I, I feel like I've heard her throw on the term coda. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Okay, so what is what you're saying, the bridge? Like what part of the song is your um, favorite? Remember when you pulled yeah, exactly, up and said exactly. get in the car and then exactly. get to my plans just to keep the up. Back when I was living for the hope of it all. For the hope of it all. Meet me behind the mall. And then we've talked so much about the never mind. Because you were never mind. Never mind. And now it's like never mind. Yes. So good. So good. Yes. Now that's an origin story for a song that I can believe from Taylor. Of that she had Meet Me Behind the Mall on her phone for like years. I know. That is a origin story we can I can't believe. From folklore. Yes, it is. There are some I can't and some I can. It is just being in love with you. That's what this song is. I'm just so glad that we like ended up together. Me too. Yeah, because like August is like the bliss of running around that island with you. Like we found yeah, a coastal we, town. We met on an island that had literally had salt air and rust on every Everything. door. Every door. Yeah, like we. Yeah, we met on a. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Imagine if we had to be fucking like thirty years old without each other. Mm. Like, what if like we weren't able to ever tell each other how we felt, and we just had to listen to August being like, "You were never mine." Uh. It's heartbreaking. Uh, it's not, not heart wrenching. It's heart wrenching. Yeah. See, this is why we can't post things about us all the time, because this is what it would be like all the time, and people would like see our relationship and be like, they can't be that in love and talk about it all the time. It's like we only have can come out of our shell once a year, <laughs> record a nine hour long episode <laughs> about how much we love each other. And give people some insight into our everyday life. <laughs> How we talk to each other every, every day. day. <laughs> every moment is like this. We're, like, we're so in love. <laughs> Do you think I'm doing a good job of making you forget that we're being recorded? Yeah, you are. I'm glad. <laughs> I really feel like people are getting to see a glimpse. Yeah. Yeah, you my do. little camera shy yeah, I uh, performance. I am. I was very nervous. Very nervous. Yeah. But you're feeling a little good now. I am. In addition to the archers, you and Lizzie should have a separate podcast Ooh. where you talk to each other about this stuff. Is good practice. For good practice. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting awfully comfortable. <laughs> Maybe we should leave this second comfy chair here. <laughs> I feel like it um goes really well into my number three. Yeah. Another little light on the water. Your three's a charm. My little sunrise, sunrise over the over ocean. The ocean. Sunrise over the ocean. Do you know what it could be? I mean, that sounds a lot like Wildest Dreams. No. But I know you don't like no. Wildest Dreams. I do have a Wildest Dreams necklace. Thank you, Ghostly Thank you, Lisa. Um, Ghostly Sinkets. But uh, no, that is not, I don't really like that song that much. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Gotta be the closing song off of Lover. Oh, maybe. 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 Is it Daylight? It is Daylight. Daylight's your three is a charm. Yeah, I love Daylight. 
It really, that song more than any song describes our relationship. Uh-huh. Daylight, I mean, we literally gave ourselves the last name Golden before. Way before. Gaylers. Way before uh, Lover we, came out. That's our, truly our ship name. We combined our last names to yep. make the name Golden. Yeah, it worked organically that that was our ship name. Yeah. Um, yeah. We literally had a long distance relationship when I lived in New York. Back going Where we saw each other every weekend. So yep. we were... Truly going back and forth from New York. Stinking in each other's beds, yeah. Yeah. And I just love that song so much. It's so beautiful. I also had like a 20 year long depression. (laughs) AKA Compet. (laughs) Compet and undiagnosed ADHD (laughs) equals. There are a lot of things going on. Yeah. (laughs) And there's nothing. Like, that song would be so heartbreaking if I wasn't living it. Like, hearing songs like Daylight really make me believe in, like, a deep way and feel embodied in this feeling that, like, to have loved at all is worth it. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many... I feel like the way that our world talks about having happiness, it's like, as soon as you have happiness... It's your responsibility to hold on Mm. to it and, like, grasp it so tightly. And if the happiness slips from you, you're a failure. Like, you are to blame for no longer being, no longer having something that once made you happy. It's so, like, easy to fall into that trap of being like, I am so afraid of not having you in my life for, like, whatever reason. And... Daylight is one of those songs that doesn't make me feel panicked or manic about growing old together. It makes me be like, if somehow, I can't knock on wood enough, <laughs> if somehow this were all to be over tomorrow, it would have been enough because like, that's how incredible it is mm. to have like this love. Yeah. And that song allows me to, Daylight allows me to live in that. And, like, what more can I ask from a love song than allowing me to live in that feeling of, like, it actually is enough? Yeah. For, you know, maybe, like, a playlist purpose, mm-hmm. I almost wish that she had put the, the like, talking piano on a, a separate. separate track. Because it is, I do sometimes it's wish I could just manic. hear And I just wish I could hear the song, like, in a playlist of other songs Without on its own. Yeah. That's okay, though. It's yeah. very sweet and like something I absolutely would have done. Would have done. Yeah. That's what other also makes it so relatable. Yeah. Is that mania of love? Yeah. Is really in the song. Totally. And uh, yeah, like I'm very <laughs> grateful that I mean I say that now as if I'm not literally being like to love is the most important <laughs> thing in the world. Like I this recording this podcast, I'm just doing a very long Taylor's <laughs> voice memo about how happy I am. Makes you wonder how much she edited it down. <laughs> Like, I can just absolutely see her in the middle of the night making that voice. Yes. You know. I don't want to write about things I don't like anymore. Like, I only want to write about what I love. Gosh, and as you've pointed out, I don't like a cold rush. I don't like a cold rush. We can't even get into that here. No. Uh, No, 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 no. We can't. We can't. (laughs) Please subscribe to the Patreon. Please make, please help make our dreams of Lizzie being a hot housewife (laughs) who wears silky dresses and shoots birds in the sky for dinner. A reality. Thank you. Okay, your number two. My number two is yes. Wait, let me come up with a pun for two. Okay. 
Two's company. What's your two's company? Okay, my two's company. Interesting you say that because <gasps> yes, my number two is a cover. <gasps> yep, a cover. Your number two is a cover. My number two is a cover. Two, two is, is company. company. Exactly. Yeah. Two is company. My number two is Taylor Allison Swift's cover of Can't Stop Loving You by Phil Collins. Yeah. Phil, Phil Collins. Collins actually is a cover of <gasps> I don't know who did the original. Oh, well, that's. It, but that's it's like his arrangement. Yeah, okay. That she does a cover of. Yeah, um, I long for the song to be available as like a song that you can on, listen to yeah streaming you know it's so crazy because so many bbc lounge songs are i know i don't think this one is though i haven't been able to find it yeah i just have a phil collins song on all my taylor swift playlists i love that <laughs> i love this cover i love that it is a cover me and you both love covers mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. talk about playlists that we have so many just, cover playlists uh, yeah. Well, it's the best way to enjoy... It's, like, the best avenue for sapphic songs. Totally. It really is. That's so true. Because there's so many, like... I mean, you don't know how much of a he-him lesbian Bruce Springsteen is until you hear a sapphic cover. That's so true. And there are many. Many. Well, that's the interesting thing about this song is that this song doesn't even have any pronouns in it. Yes. So it's, like, not even gendered, really. No. It doesn't even have, like, any descriptions of the person, but the object. But it's so filled with longing. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That, yeah. That doesn't negate sapphicness, that's for sure. But it's, like, yeah. that's such a fun way in covers for people to sing, like, a she kind of, yes. you know, whatever, from yes. a woman's perspective. But even yeah. when you're thinking of Bruce songs, like, I'm thinking of Bruce songs because that is, like, kind of the, the most frequently covered, like, male rock singer by, yeah. like, bands it's like and also i want to remind everyone i just called him a he him lesbian but bruce is our bisexual king yeah above all else <laughs> True. more than a he him lesbian jack antonoff's our he him lesbian <laughs> bruce is our bi king like I another just... person that has a penchant for models <laughs> love models love models uh love models and kissing boys he like frequently writes from you as well right because he's a bisexual kid that's so true yeah and i think what you're saying too that the the like the the he him lesbian of it all like the sapphicness inherent in things whether or not you're talking about like a person or you know yeah using any pronouns or anything it's like it is really interesting to think about this song being a phil collins song like there's something so the detailedness of like the observation i don't know it's such a it's such a beautiful song it's it's shocking taylor didn't write it yeah it really is Mm -hmm. i mean first of all like just the the metaphor like the train metaphor yeah but i think the thing for me that really makes it Mm. my number two i don't think i could ever put it as my number one just because it's not a song yeah 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 yeah. but i think what i admire so much about taylor is that there's such a bravery in declaring your love for someone and really claiming that love when they have rejected you or you're not able to be with them. I think about that like with our relationship and it's like, yeah, I mean, if you've really been in love, like you, like I have a lot of relationships where I thought I was in love and then afterwards I'm like, oh, whatever, like, you know. It's like if you've really, really been in love, like it doesn't matter if it ends. 
if the relationship of the form of the relationship ends yeah and that's what you were saying like it's better to have loved and she's saying like why should i stop loving you and there's something so brave about that because it's really you know i think also i think about like the way people talk about seeing neurodivergence in her Mm. and there's something really intense about like rejection Mm. around that and she also is some i mean she obviously struggles with feelings of rejection when she talks about the way the public sees her and like visually like you know just the way that she's like literally like gazed upon by the world Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of pain there and a lot of struggle around feeling rejected or not good enough or Mm -hmm. whatever and so the fact that she's like like that she will always declare and claim this love is like in the face of like potentially being rejected or like that the feeling of yeah that's I mean that's like really really powerful and really intense and brave and I shouldn't even say brave because it's it, like it is a choice and it's not you know what I mean yeah just like being gay yeah exactly <laughs> it is a choice but exactly. it's also not yeah, exactly yeah it's like you can choose to act on it but you can't yeah. only choose to and feel it and she's like I was there I remember it all too well you know please don't say that I'm sorry please don't <laughs> making say that. me cry <laughs> I just, I feel like I just really understand Taylor the best when you and I are talking about it. Like, that's why I talk about you constantly on the podcast. Because, like, I view Taylor's music through our love. Like, I get her music because of our love. It makes me so happy you chose that song. Thank you. So, so, so happy. There definitely also is a little part of me that's like, (laughs) my number two is a cover. (laughs) I'm cool. Um, but also it's like, I love that because so many Swifties gatekeep her writing her songs. Mm -hmm. Like so many Swifties would purposefully only choose songs that she was the sole writer on. Like, I really love the fact that Daylight's is a sole Mm -hmm. writing song and Mm -hmm. that's like our song. I'm like, that's special. So the fact that your second favorite Taylor song is one that she covered. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like you are giving her so much credit Mm -hmm. as a musician Mm -hmm. And singer and artist over being a writer, which I really appreciate because she does not get enough credit for her artistry. Yeah. I think one of my biggest regrets in life is saying to our friend Emily, who we've talked about, that mm-hmm. she's not a good singer. Yes. Because we literally just watched a YouTube video where, like, it was sort of going through different artists, like, different singers, like, kind of thing. So, like, mm-hmm. for Mariah Carey, it was, like, her um, whistle. whistle register. Yeah. And, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. And then for Taylor Swift, it was, like, her songwriting, which is, like, very rude on them. But I really inter- – and then I internalized it. Yes, um, yes. But the way she – like, she has so much expression through her voice that's, like, beautiful. And I think she's worked on for so long. Like, yeah. she's honed that for so long. Yes. Like, her doing this song – again, it's, like, because she only has, like, three or four covers that she's mm-hmm. kind of claimed as, like, this is my cover of this song. Like, Riptide, Can't Stop Loving You, um – What's the one she did? Will you still love me in the morning? Yeah, and like that's I can't even think of other ones. Mm. I think there may be like a couple more. Yeah. Um. But so she's very selective. Yeah. About what songs she'll cover. Yeah. And what songs she claims as like her version. Yeah. Taylor's version, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So I just I love that she did the song, the Brooklyn Bridge on the back. Too much. Uh, the Oriental rugs on From the floor. From when your Brooklyn broke. I my, know. Yeah. 
know. It's actually too Those much. oriental rugs on the floor that suspiciously look like uh, the rugs in her Sims house that you created. <laughs> suspiciously. <laughs> As we established, I didn't create a Sim of her, remember? Oh, okay, I forgot. <laughs> that never happened. Listeners, let me know if you want me to go on Twitch and live stream. I have to that as your next like branching out branching from here. Out is uh live streaming me playing um Blondie. Blondie, as I call her in my mm-hmm. Sims game. Yeah. So we have confirmed. Um yeah. <laughs> We're not gonna have a Jack Taylor moment. No. <laughs> Allegedly. It was a bit. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, I made the same. Allegedly. Can you guess my number one? Mm, let's see. Your number one. Is your number one the most iconic <laughs> lesbian Taylor song mm, of all time? Perhaps. Just a little song that reminds me of one of our favorite scenes in any movie ever. Just two little girls holding hands running away through a field at night. So your number one, your um, the king of your heart, if you will, mm-hmm. is gotta be Ivy. Yeah, yeah. And course. the scene you're referencing is from our favorite movie, my favorite movie at least, and a very crucial movie to our relationship, which is The Handmaiden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the best scene in that movie is literally the plot of Ivy. I love Ivy. You understood that song mm. on such a base <laughs> level. I mean, that song, like, I think, yeah, was that the song that I was like, oh, but she's gay? Yes, it was. Yeah. And that was the song that you were like, baby? <laughs> this song is gay. She is talking about another woman and she's talking about how they need to burn the house down with her husband (laughs) in it to be with her best friend and i was like no she's not like she's taylor swift she's definitely not singing about that i don't need to listen to evermore to know that she's like not singing about that like that's very nice that you're interpreting it that way but she's not and um bitch i was very wrong I was very wrong, and that's why I love you so much, because you always end up being so keyed into things that are gay, and then you just feel it in your bones, you feel that pull, and you guide us towards the gay light. You're my little gay lighthouse keeper. (laughs) I bought you an Ivy t-shirt from the Mm -hmm. merch store. I'm very committed to getting an Ivy, like, sleeve. Mm Mm-hmm. Ivy has always been, in general, a symbol, like, a plant and a symbol that's meant a lot to me, like... Mm -hmm. Really reminds me of being at my grandparents' house, like in the woods, mm-hmm. on the ocean, and like. And well, and, and similar to that, like what really I love so much about your love of ivy is how much you admire it for being able to destroy stone yeah. structures. I know I love plants like that, like Japanese knotweed and ivy that can just like get into the foundation of houses and like crumble them. Yes. Talk about the tower in tarot. Yes. Yeah, it's just so beautiful the way it climbs up houses and i just love ivy so much so thank you so much for sharing those 10 songs with us i feel very grateful to know that and it's a very very different bunch than my top 10 yeah it's just yours is just so much more like nectar of a night blooming flower oh that's what yours is Mm. yours is really like sweet and heady perfume in human air Mm. that is your top 10 and mine was very much screen door, porch, lemonade. Mm. Day and night. Yeah. I remember way back when, when we first got together, in the days of Tumblr, I was very much a sun lesbian and you were moon lesbian. Yeah. 
And I think that that really is true for our... <laughs> I mean, what is more Sagittarius than Scorpio than some lesbian moon lesbians? Yeah. Which is so funny, because I always think of you like the moon. Well, and you're the sun. You're the light of my life. I mean, so. you know what? Oh my god, but then you think about it, how the moon is a mirror to the sun. So it's like we both are sun and moon, yeah. just reflecting each other back to us. Like, how is the moon to know that it's not the one giving off the light? And the sun is just the one reflecting it. It doesn't know that. Do you think that the moon knows that it controls the water on Earth? I mean, yeah, that's huge. Do you think that it is even huge to the moon, though? I don't know. Like, I know the moon is smaller than the Earth. Yeah, I don't understand how planets, like, physically work on other planets. Like, that's so wild. So, on to the final segment. Yay! Time to reveal your top five. Six, seven. Seven! Well, okay. Seven! Six and seven are, like, together. <laughs> okay, your top six songs <laughs> that you would, like, Taylor to cover most. Okay. Uh, number six slash seven. Mm-hmm. I'm putting these together just because they're kind of a similar idea. Yeah, okay. One is Tequila by Dan and Shay. All I want is to hear her say, cutting up the floor in a sorority t-shirt. I would would do almost anything. The thing about it is I'm not really sure that tequila means anything to To her. her. So it's like, why would you? If What if you replaced it with like whiskey or an old fashioned? Well, okay. So that's what I'm saying. Why six and seven? Yes. Whiskey. Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Stapleton. Oh my god, that'd be so good. But I yes, the, my major dream is to hear Taylor say the word cutting up the floor in your shorty t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is the male gaze when when Dan and Shay say that. No. No. That's a lesbian gaze. That's the lesbian gaze. <laughs> that's the sapphic gaze. I'm looking respectfully. Like, that's so cute. It's like an old man. She's cutting up the floor in her sorority t-shirt. Like, that's, it's not like she's in a wet t-shirt contest. It's, she's cutting up, up the, the floor. floor. That's an old man. A.K.A. <laughs> a lesbian. I mean, when you're right, you're right. Okay, number five. Number five. Is Till You Love Me by our Queen Reba. This bitch has waltzed right into our life. Both of us grew up watching Reba, the show. Mm-hmm. Loving it. Loving it. What a literally yeah. single divorced, trying to be friends with a her. A single mom who works too hard, <laughs> who loves her kids and never, never stops. With the gentle, gentle arms, arms and, and the, the heart, heart of a fighter. She's, She's a, a survivor. survivor. I mean, single mom trying to stay friends with her and co-parent with her ex who literally married is, the woman he cheated on her with. And yes. Who like is, let's be honest, a step down <laughs> from Reba. No, I'm just kidding. Not a step down. No. They're probably amazed, made, for each, made for each other. Yeah, no, she's such a sweet. The I love her. The fucking but, sapphic tension oh, between yeah. Reba and her bimbo yeah. replacement. <laughs> <laughs> like. I know. I. Cannot get over the tension. Like, first of all, is her daughter in that a lesbian? No. Oh, she's her daughter is like one. Oh, not the one her that gets pregnant. Her redhead daughter. I think daughter. she's a lesbian. Oh my god, can you fucking imagine if she's out pregnant, like teenage pregnancy? Yes. 
Yes, and like just the female friendship yeah. that develops between Reba and yes. her ex's like wife. Yeah. Even though, like, first of all, amazing actress, mm-hmm. such a good, like, such so well acted. By I don't know her. why I'm only picturing Jenny Garth in my mind. Right. Yeah. Same time as uh, what I like about you. Yeah. So it makes sense. But anyways, yeah, Reba. We've always loved Reba. But yes. this song, till you love me, I just feel like this really captures a lot of Taylor's. Yeah. The longing, yeah. The obsession, yeah. Like I bought you roses, like I told you. Reba is buying a man roses. That doesn't check out. I know. Why did I think drag queens ever do Reba? They do. Remember, Bosco just did Reba. You're right. Okay, I'm so sorry. Reba is just the the energy, the sapphic energy. Yeah. I would do anything to know truly who is gay in the industry. I know. And because like. We're really under the impression that, like, all the people that have come out and have talked about bearding in Hollywood are not that famous. Yeah. And it's like, they're basically they like. They able to. Because, and, like, yeah. that's why they're not famous anymore, yeah, because yeah. they couldn't stay in the closet. Right. Yeah. And the way that people talk, like, um, Shelly Wright, in her kind of, like, talking about the country industry, mm-hmm. she literally was like, someone at the very top has to come out. And, like, that was right after Taylor won her grammar. For her Grammy for Fearless. Her Andy Grammar. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm home. <laughs> when it, that was right after Taylor won her Grammy for Fearless. So I kind of, when I heard Shelly Wright be like, someone at the very top has to yeah. come out. I was like, she's probably talking about Taylor. Yeah. But I'm like, bitch, was she talking about Reba? Could be. Could be. Yeah. Or Dolly. Or Dolly. Speaking of Reba and Dolly. I forget what it's called, but there's a song that she did with another country artist who has since died. Yes. So she did, like, another version, like, recently, in the past, like, five years or so, maybe? Mm-hmm. With Dolly. Uh-huh. Where it's, like, it's, like, a classic, like... Love triangle. With the other woman. Yes. And by the end, it's, like, uh, they're about to kiss. Oh, like... They're about to do a lot more than yeah, kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say something else. <laughs> Yes, so, and exactly. it's very palpable and, like, obvious. Yeah, very, a lot of sexual tension. A lot of sexual yeah. tension. And Dolly and Reba doing that was so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I would love, love, love to know because Reba definitely has the energy yeah. um, of someone who might be closeted. Definitely someone who does not do things for the male gaze. Absolutely. And there, I mean, that that applies to straight women. Totally, for sure. That doesn't have to be related to sexuality. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Even though I have a whole podcast based on how that's the main reason why I think Taylor's (laughs) queer, whatever. But yeah, I love the idea of Taylor covering Reba, especially such a sapphic coated song. Yeah. It's about, like, buying you roses, buying someone roses, get them back. Yeah. So, number four. My number four is Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. I am a child of a Bruce Springsteen lover. Um, Katie always describes yes. Katie always describes me as like a lapsed Catholic that still really believes in the tenets of Catholicism, but doesn't go to church, so to speak. That's my relationship with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, not Catholicism. No, but with Bruce no. Springsteen. Um, <laughs> if Bruce Springsteen was Catholicism, yeah, exactly. That's your relationship um, with him. Like I, I have such a deep love for Bruce Springsteen in my heart. Through my mom. I mean, how old were you when you went to your first Bruce concert was, with her? I think I was like a baby. Like in the womb, do you think maybe? <laughs> Probably. I mean, I literally <laughs> remember falling asleep in a seat at Fenway Park at a con- at a Bruce Springsteen concert yeah. when I was like five or six. Yeah. That so wasn't I have even a, your first Bruce concert. Yeah, I have a lot yeah. of 
I really, yeah, I have a deep, deep appreciation for him. And yeah, Thunder Road is just such an incredible song about like, be- like begging someone to like go with you to f- like freedom and love. You don't have to save me, but will you run away yeah. with me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're ready to take that long walk from your front door to my front seat, the door is open, but the ride ain't free. Uh, so good. Bruce said grass ass. ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Also, like, does Thunder Road have Mary's dress way? I think, I think it, does. it does. I think that's Beautiful. Thunder Road. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love that. I will say it's not an easy song. Not that I don't think that Taylor could do it. I just think that luckily she would have a lot more preparation than me. I did as karaoke once in front of my family. And I was like, why did I do this? <laughs> Such a hard song to sing. But she would have a lot of time to arrange and prepare. Yes. Oh, um, can you imagine Jack producing sax- that? I think that, that song must have saxophone in it. I mean, I think it does. Yeah, I, I like can't remember the exact breakdown yeah. right now, but oh, I would love if Taylor and Bruce did like a oh. a U.S. tour. Yes, a and tour, a yes! tour, yes, <laughs> like the like American Dream oh. tour. Wow, and I mean, there are lots of other people who love Bruce Springsteen. Some people very near and dear to her life and heart. Uh, so yeah, like Jack. Uh, I mean, that's oh my god! Like I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. And Justin they Vernon, they do a song together. Justin the three Vernon, of them. I know. I would love if she if she did Thunder Road. I mean, and he's very open to collaborating with young people. Absolutely, yes. The Bleachers ain't a player kick. I know. Yeah. Bleachers and uh, Pony Fair. Oh yeah! What course. an abst- abstract song, "Ain't a Bowl of Cake" was. I, I love that song. Me too. Yeah. I think if I had to choose a Bruce song off the top of my head for her to cover, it would be "I'm on Fire." I yeah. I mean, I could see her doing that in like a live lounge setting. You want to hear my number three? Yeah. Okay. Your three's a charm. My number, my three's a charm is. <laughs> He's Not You by Patsy oh. Cline. Oh, we were sitting in the parking lot of a Lowe's in New Hampshire <laughs> listening to this song. And I said to you, imagine Taylor singing this song. Yeah. And you put it on your three. I never you... forgot it. Oh, Can you imagine? So amazing. Can you imagine? I can see it in my mind. I mean, eye. She's Got You is also another good one. Exactly. He's but Not You. He's Not You. Yeah. He does all the right things, but he's, he's not, not you. you. Patsy Klein, <sighs> our compet anthem. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Talk about another major star in the industry who, who knows? Who's to who say? Knows? Who was to say? That's just a classic, like, he, like, the the bl- blueprint for he and you That's songs. That's so true. I'm really, it means so much that you included that on I, your, your I mean, list. Yeah. You love fixing it. Yeah. I also love how skewing country this I list know. is. I know. I didn't even think about Almost that. Almost every single song is country. That's so, that's crazy. I didn't even think about right? that. Right? The next one's not country. So okay. Okay. This one is maybe her like Speak Now era, perhaps. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I love it. Well, I love a rock, Taylor Rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the entire album. <laughs> You love cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Death of a Cheerleader. Oh. By Pom Pom Squad. Uh, her covering any Pom Pom Squad song. Mm. That would just be so amazing. Like, I really wish, I really, really wish that Taylor was, like, knew about Pom Pom Squad. Yeah. I think if she did, I mean, to me it feels so, and maybe that's just, like, when I discovered them at the same time. Yeah. But it feels so, like, girl in red. Like, I feel like that's she would thing. really love it. 
She, yes. Maybe she does, but I feel like she would talk about she it. She would talk about That's it. That's the thing. It's like a perfect album. It really, it is truly a perfect album. Like, yeah. really, really just the best album of, like, 2021. Yeah. Like, I think best case scenario for that would be her singing The Scariest Girl in the Trailing Team. I forget. It's called, like, I don't remember. Yeah. Um... That song in particular, though. I feel like it's like Mean Cheerleader or something like that. I can't remember. Um, just another thing of us listening to the CD incessantly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, her singing that song like at a concert yeah. would be on Bringing her on Bringing stage. Bringing her on stage. To sing together. And then they make a out. A moment that they make out. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they, they end up together. Out. Like, why isn't that happening? <laughs> Or, like, on bleachers, on the bleachers, mm-hmm. like, under the bleachers. That's the thing. They both talk about, about under, the, under bleachers. the bleachers, like, exactly. you're 17. So adjacent to her. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, it's her like in her grasp. Miss Americana Heartbreak Prince, mm-hmm. like, she's the cheerleader. Yes. I mean, absolutely, they could have, like, a cheerleader, like, show. I'm really picturing the Britney Madonna music video done right this time. Remember the Britney Madonna music video? I thought you were talking about a certain Britney Madonna performance that was formative to my youth. Well, then I would have included Christina. That's exactly right. Yes. Yes. But no, the And if music... you don't know what we're talking about, just look at Britney Madonna, Christina. <laughs> just look that up. See what happens. <laughs> like, do you remember the music video that came out, like, right afterwards? They recreated it with Britney and Santana on Glee oh. in the Britney episode. Okay. It's like, I think Santana is Madonna, maybe? Mm-hmm. And it's like a fedora yeah, and yeah, like yeah. that with the oh, tie, yeah, yeah. and it's a lot of like chasing around halls. Uh huh. So the reason I'm like Scooby Doo style, <laughs> classic video. Um, no, but I was like thinking about. I wasn't even thinking of the Britney, Madonna one. I was literally thinking of Britney and Santana mm-hmm. on Glee, and I was like, you know, there's that kind of like tension chasing. Mm. Like I want to see that mashup of like. Dorothea mm-hmm. and Death of a Cheerleader, mm. a Scariest Girl on the Cheerleading Team, mm-hmm. Pom Pom Squad, mm-hmm. with uh, like Miss Americana mm-hmm. Taylor, like two cheerleaders under the bleachers. I so I think that's an amazing. Thank you. Number two is the whole cheating. album. Yes, your classic cheating. Was that two? Or was yeah, that three's company? That was two. two. What could possibly be? Your number one song that you want Taylor to cover. It's a classic epic that has come to popular, uh, come around in popular culture recently. A classic epic that has come around in popular culture recently. Okay, is, can you give me the decade? I don't know if I can give you the decade. I think 80s, perhaps? 80s. Okay. Maybe the 90s, I think 80s. Is it Celine Dion? Baby, baby, baby. Mm. What is the name of that song? It's all coming back to me now. All too well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want to hear her sing this so bad. The backstory to this song Mm. just adds like an absurd kind of incredible confluence. Like if anyone doesn't know... Um, there's a lot of really interesting things you can read about, like, it was originally written by Meatloaf's songwriter. I forget his name. Uh-huh. He's a very famous songwriter. 
I, he and Meatloaf describe themselves, each other, as, like, soulmates. Yeah. That have, like, a tragic, like, love story. Yes. That didn't, they didn't end up being together, but they were, like, yeah. soul, they were, like, it joined in body and soul. In this life, yeah. 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 Um, and so he wrote this song, and... He wrote it about yeah. Meatloaf. Yeah. I just think that she would do it so well. Do you, uh, do you think that she could hit those notes? I don't think that song actually has, like, crazy yeah. high notes. It's more the power. Yes, because I can sing that song. Yeah. And you know that I have attempted Shaka Khan, and I cannot. I Like, there are some Celine Dion songs I don't think that uh, I could no. do. No, but no that one song, could. I, maybe because, I don't Sometimes know. Sometimes not even her. <laughs> Sometimes not Celine. <laughs> I do think that she could do it, so, like, it would be amazing. I would do anything to hear that power from her. Like, yeah. the power in her voice like that. That is what I, I wanted. I think it happens, you know. I think it happens, too, in her live performances that we yeah. are not going to. Mm. That we are not seeing. Mm. Because that is what I really wanted from her Carol King performance. Yeah. And I know that we, Lizzie and I had a little bit of a... Um, a tiff. A tiff. <laughs> Toronto International Film Festival. <laughs> a tiff about Car- Carol King performance. Because I was really looking forward to her giving like a belting Carol mm. King yeah. interpretation. Where I just wanted to hear Taylor belt. The way Carol does, especially like at the piano. Yeah. And instead she gave a very Phil Collins. Phil Collins eighties synth interpretation of Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? And because I was so looking forward to a different version of Taylor and another version of Carol, I was disappointed. I do love that song now, but it's like I was yearning for that kind of power in her voice. Yeah, for sure. Because I just, I really want that from her. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think I just want her to do this song so badly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so many of the songs you chose for covers were songs of longing and loss. Yeah, yeah. Were any of them not? I guess Thunder Road wasn't. It is still longing, though. It's it's more just like the pre versus the post, you know? (laughs) <laughs> Another flavor of the same saltwater taffy. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. My favorite, like, Taylor songs are kind of ones of um, culmination. Culmination, that's not the right word, but, like, being in love, mm. you know? Whereas... Actualization. Yeah, like, actualization, whereas a lot of the ones I want her to cover are songs of, like, yearning and pain. I love that. It's interesting to think about why that is. Why that I, would be. I just, like, love when she's things about the experience of being in love. I just really am so grateful that you shared all of that with me and with everyone listening and I just can't express like I just really want to thank you because you're so special. Thank you. Perhaps it feels crazy for people listening for me to say that but I think that if that doesn't ring true to people it's because I have been expressing so many of your thoughts Hmm. for the past few months. Hmm. Because, like, yeah, you're, the way you interpret things twists so seamlessly into how I interpret things. Mm-hmm. And, like, your perspective is just so wonderful and really informs the show and its creation more than anyone truly knows. My first lady of podcasting. <laughs> oh, thank you for putting this out into the world and for making me a part of it. It's really fun. 
it's been really fun to witness and be a part of this little community. If the fans demanded it and wanted a podcast from you and me, what would you say to that? My little camera shy, recording shy girl. Yes. You'd say yes. Yeah. And what would you want the podcast to be about? You have pitched, like, relationship advice, Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be fun to have a kind of format of, like, I don't know, like, today we watched a TikTok about people, like, like best friends, like, shopping for each other, and it was, like, a challenge, where it was, Mm -hmm. like, favorite color, like, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 you know, memory, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it would be fun to do something like that, where it was, like, each time was sort of, like, a different, like, challenge. Like, we had to, like, bring certain things, whether it's, like, media or, like, you know, or, like, different, I don't know, like, something like that would be fun. Yeah. That's not exactly what I mean, but. I love that. It's kind of, like, fun and games. Yeah, and, like, kind of, like, a little creative, like, kind of, you know, template. Yeah. Kind of thing. And you know what's interesting, too? Could be a segment. Is I think a lot about public couples. Mm. Like, and I'm talking public, like, not people that are together publicly, Mm. but people that are a publicly, like, a couple as a unit. Like, the, who is that Christian woman? That, like, Christian influencer. The, girl, wash your face. Oh, God. Rachel Hollis? The Hollises. Yeah. Like, to me. They're not a public couple anymore. (laughs) No. (laughs) And, like, that's kind of, like, I think what being a public couple, like, a couple in public is like. Like, is, it's like people are giving advice on being a couple when they're not healing like they're throwing stones in a glass house <laughs> let's say well that's the thing i think the idea of like advice maybe that's the wrong word because i don't think that's exactly what you meant either no because it's like we no, just no, 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 i think no, the thing no, that's no. really so i mean like what i value and why our relationship really works and is so like amazing is that we have been you know like you said, being so vulnerable with each other mm-hmm. and like doing so much like relational work, you know, together. Yes. Since like yes. the very beginning of our relationship, like we yes. had such an incredible foundation as like friends is even really the right word. Just like our the foundation of our relationship yeah. was so like you know strong. If you want to say it. like yes. doesn't mean it's not the right word, but so yes. like we really honed so many skills and like yes. you know just really. So I think that's, I think sometimes, like, that's what maybe could be valuable. Right. I just, because I feel like we're so good at conflict in a way that, like, like growing like, through conflict. Gro- we're so good at growing through conflict. Yeah. Because, and we've, like, truly known each other for so long. Yeah. Like, 14 years of conflict together. Yeah. Like, that is a long time. And I feel like I just whenever I feel so good about my life it's like I just want people to know that and I feel like the way that we have grown through conflict is something that like I want to spread with everyone yeah totally um but I definitely don't want our relationship to be up for like to exist an example an example what to do or or yeah I don't I don't want it to be glorified yeah in an unattainable way yeah um, so that is like the trickiness with the idea of going into things as a couple. Yeah. I mean, I think what I, what I think would be so fun is just that like we have so much fun and our dynamic is so fun. Yeah. So that's I'm why, obsessed with us. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it kind of, 
you know, what we're actually talking about, like, that's the question, but that that's, the question. like, what I want to, it's just fun. It's just so and fun I want people to have you. fun with us. Yeah, me too. Like, I think it could be fun to have people, like, write in with like letters at like with like this is going on like what do you think and then us just talk about it yeah but I yeah. also that doesn't have to be it that doesn't have to be it and it shouldn't just be it anyway yeah because yeah. that'd be kind of draining week yeah. after week yeah <sighs> I think I'm ready to be a podcast star mm, <laughs> we certainly look the part <laughs> thank you <laughs> I have a face for podcasting you could say <laughs> okay well thank you so much to our listeners um we joke all the time about subscribing to the patreon um but if you would like to get two extra episodes a month that are a little more gossipy Mm -hmm. um a little more flaky a little less cerebral also to see the videos of the video of the podcast i think they're really fun to watch and i think this one in particular might be fun yeah i mean just to see the way we look at each other perhaps your little matching headbands and bows. Yeah, and you're hearing this on March 27th or later. So I just want to remind you all that Gaylor Trivia is coming up on April 9th. Saturday, April 9th, we are having Gaylor Trivia, sponsored by Ghostly Seen Goods. Shout out again to Lisa. We love you at Ghostly Seen Goods. Mm-hmm. And if you... Uh, are not able to get a ticket because I'm assuming that it'll be sold out at this point. I might be wrong. Maybe I'm being a little too optimistic, but I do think it'll be sold out. We will be live streaming it so you can still watch along as people play Gaylor Trivia, even if you can't be there. Um, But, I mean, hopefully you've got a ticket and maybe it hasn't sold out and uh, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Um, Until next time, thank you so much for listening to The Archers. Madison will be back next week week in a fortnight and has been there on the patreon so for further subscribing him and uh yeah we'll be back in a fortnight me and madison talking about god knows what in the gala universe verse verse <laughs> lizzie thank you again so much for doing oh, this thank you for having me it was a it's pleasure. really fun and so sweet that so many people asked to have me on it's really fun in the gaylor group to like Pop in and, you know. Pop in? You're there almost all no, the time. No, but I mean, like, pop into the spotlight, I guess you could oh, say. Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, because I'm not really someone that loves to have, like, attention on me or be, like, like, I don't know, you're so amazing at being, like, the center of attention. Not in, like, a, you're very good. You're very um, generous and, and, like, inclusive and community-oriented. Yeah, it's really nice to just be a part of this community with you all and feel your love for for me and for Katie and for us and yeah I just uh it's really fun like I feel it's funny I feel like a random person that gets to talk like be on a podcast talking about my love for Taylor and it's like I guess we're all just random people doing this exactly (laughs) yes we're all just random people but I feel very lucky that I get to I got to come and talk about this so yeah yeah and maybe maybe some like friends and family that aren't don't listen to your podcast will listen to this and get a really weird insight into an aspect of our lives that like no, not, not a a family many of them know about <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. maybe people will listen and be like they are good together <laughs> I think those girls might just make it after all <laughs>